0: about making your sex life the best it can be.
1: We sure are, and you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure.
0: We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it.
1: We sure do. So, are you longing for a relationship that starts off strong and gets more intimate and exciting over time? Perhaps you wish you can communicate in a mature and emotionally connected way with your partner.
0: Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about honest sex, and we're going to find out more about how sexual honesty creates closeness and how good communication creates intimacy. And it also helps us develop a more sexually satisfying relationship,
1: which is what we all want. So just hang on. We're going to tell you uh, all about the show in a second. But as we do every show, I need to tell you about our must have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leakproof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets.
0: From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new.
1: Sure does. And now we have a new sexy pink and blue reversible blanket, both colors representing the ribbons supporting breast cancer and prostate cancer.
0: And to support the cause, we'll donate $5 from each blanket sold to a charity that helps cancer survivors get back in the sack, because great sex matters and cancer survivors deserve it too. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and order yours today great sex starts now.
1: It sure does. So does today's show. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle and we're so excited to welcome back today's special guest. We
0: have relationship coach Shayna James. and She's the host of Man Alive podcast and the author of her latest book, Honest Sex, A Passionate Path to Deepen Connection and Keep Relationships Alive.
1: All righty, Shayna, welcome back. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to be here.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be back.
1: I love her voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, very sexy voice for sure. Radio voice. You got it. So why don't you take a second and remind everybody about yourself, about the work you do, and how you got into the realm of sexuality.
2: Yes. Okay, so I've been coaching on relationships for 20 years now. And I had an opportunity years ago. I was doing a master's in psychology and thought I was going to be working with women. And then I was part of this intentional community where we were, it was San Francisco in the early 2000s. So it was kind of like a revival of the, of the sixties. So there was a lot of openness and play parties and kink and BDSM and orgasmic meditation. And we were also doing communication and authentic relating. And so I got to participate in a course where I, gave honest and loving feedback for men who were not having the relationships they wanted with women. And that started my coaching career. Um, and subsequently I've coached, you know, people of all genders and, and also simultaneously was having my own experience or my own, you know, sexual awakenings and exploration. And so this book really honest sex is a culmination of my spiritual practice, my sexual practice and my authentic relating and communication facilitation. Um, yeah. And it, 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 I, I realized as I was thinking about writing this book, like I've never seen those three areas combined. And so I wanted to bring it to the world and to help people have better sex through what I've seen and experienced creates better sex, which is actually a foundation of honesty rather than like, let's go try some new lingerie or let's go on a date night.
0: Wow. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Now, so did this inspiration just come from you wanted to get the word out there or did you have an epiphany that just said, I've got to do this now?
2: So interesting. I mean, for years I thought I was going to write it and then it just, I had a kid and it just kind of went by the wayside and then one day... I had a friend who had written her book, and she told me about the program. She wrote her book through, and I explored it. And then they said, we're starting in January, and it was December. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm writing a book. So it was kind of a spontaneous.
0: Yay. Yay! Good job. I really liked the the format of the book also, and I loved all your references to all the the different um, points of view out there. I I thought it was very Mm -hmm. well written.
1: How long did it take you to write it?
0: A year and a half.
1: Wow. I can't read a book in a year and a half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I suggested we read it together, David. Okay. Yeah. Deal. Right. Deal. <laughs> deal. Deal, deal, I've deal,
2: heard deal. it's an easy read and actually I went back and read it a couple months ago and yeah, I just it, it kind of it flows because there's a lot of stories in there and it's, yeah, it flows. it's and not very critical
0: Right. And it also has a, a like a workbook uh where you stop mm-hmm. and think about the things and, and you know, just review and go over it and how that applies to you. And so it yeah. really kind of resonates. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was okay. very cool. Carol was reading the book when we were on the Bliss cruise, so she was lying on the deck naked, and I could see like some parts of the book her nipples were getting hard and she was like getting turned on, especially near the <laughs> end of the book.
0: Well, as I was writing my notes, David, is that what was going you on? You were
1: doing, you were into it.
0: <laughs> he has such a great imagination. I know. It's so fun.
1: No, she definitely enjoyed the book. So, you know, the yeah. premise of your book is all about honest communication. Um, yeah. let's get right into it and why does that lead to intimacy?
2: Yes. Well, first, we have to discern honest communication from more mature, honest communication, right? So honest communication, someone might be like, well, I'm just saying it like it is, and I'm just telling you my truth, and it might not come from a very vulnerable or responsible place. So in the book, I really talk about, okay, here's how we can mature our honesty, and and mature honesty is what actually leads to intimacy, as opposed to immature honesty, or one of my clients said it really well today, brutal honesty versus compassionate honesty, Mm. right? Brutal honesty does not usually create turn on unless that's your kink. But, you know, for most of us, that's not going to create connection or trust or respect. So in the book, I talk about when we can go a layer deeper and actually acknowledge like, oh, why? Something is meaningful to me, or why it's painful to me, or why this hurt, or why I want this, right? Like there's this layer beneath the surface conversations we have. And when we get to that level of honesty, we actually get to know each other and we actually heal some of those places where we, you know, it's inevitable, right? We're going to disappoint each other. We're going to step on each other's toes. We're going to interrupt each other. But when we actually go to that deeper layer of honesty where we say hey that hurt my feelings i felt misunderstood when you said this versus you know fuck you or i hate when you do that or you always do that right that's not creating intimacy but again that that vulnerability and that revealing this is what happened for me it it keeps the attraction from shutting down because mm-hmm. when yeah. we don't feel seen or heard or understood the attraction just slowly or quickly will start to wane. And then it's hard to ignite that engine again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know you gave a lot of good examples about people who are having like fights or quibbles or something that really the trigger is not the obvious thing. What would you think? Right. Oh, you didn't put the dishes not away the again. Dishes. Yeah. And, and so you talk a lot about how to figure out what is the underlying issue. And yeah. that's something that we have to look at At ourselves, so we have to look deep into ourselves and try to figure that out. So, give some examples of that.
2: Yeah. So, one of the examples I gave was that I really like to clean up the dishes (laughs) before I go to bed because in the morning, you know, I'm a single parent and my day starts, and there's lunches to make and breakfast, you know, all the things. Right? It just it puts me back. And actually, I have clients who this was one of their stories too. So. I'm, if I have a, a somebody in my house or say my partner or someone I'm dating um, and they leave dishes in the sink I could get upset or frustrated or be like oh I don't like when you're messy or I don't you know but ultimately if I go a level deeper I don't oh, I don't feel respected I feel like oh I'm left on my own I feel um for me the even more vulnerable part about it is like, I'm afraid that if I don't do everything, someone's going to leave me. And so it's hard for me to communicate that I I have a need or I have a desire because I think I should do it all because that's part of my history. So if I'm doing it all, right, and now this many men I think can relate to this, if you have a woman in your life who's has some type A or has some masculinity or tends to be a doer and accomplisher, that's usually not the mode where she's going to feel really turned on. Mm-hmm. and sexy. And so, you know, it, it behooves you to actually get in there a layer deeper and see, oh, how can I, what, what is really going on for her here? Is it that she really wants to be doing all of this right now? Or is it that she's afraid that I won't love her if if she doesn't do it all? Or is it that, you know, she's, worried about what's going to happen tomorrow so again right as we start to have these deeper conversations with each other we can know oh that's carol she goes into doing mode and when she's in doing mode i get kind of annoyed or irritated with her because she's not really turned on but actually if i bring compassion i can see that she's struggling with something and if i support her then we get to have more sex right we get to or more connection or more intimacy whatever you want to say
0: and just remind everybody that's, that intimacy doesn't come automatically when you're doing the thing you're doing. When I'm in the middle of doing dishes and David right. comes up behind me and grabs my ass and thinks I'm, I'm loving this. Well, no, yeah. I'm doing my thing that I have to get done. It's not me feeling hot and sexy while I'm getting my... But
1: all you have to do is bend over. I'll just slide it in. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh. (laughs) You don't have to do much (laughs) work. Yeah. You see? That's a typical mind frame.
2: So this is a great example, right? Because maybe that would work if he took a moment and slowed you down and stopped what, you know, like helped you or stopped what you were doing, right? And I know, David, you were sort of joking and sort of serious, right? It's like, that's. it seems like most men's fantasy is at any point I could just come and... Turn her on and she'd be, you know, hot and ready. And, you know, sometimes we need to slow down to speed up, right? Oh, okay. Where is she right now? And how do I come in in a way that just, you know, relieves her of the tasks she's doing or supports her to slow down and relax?
0: Yeah. And usually I just want to get the tasks done. So the best way to do that is do the fucking dishes yourself so I can go relax on the couch and wait for you to be done and then come get me. Yes. What do you think of that, David?
1: I like just coming up behind you, helping you do the dishes. And while we're doing the dishes, my cock is like sliding in the crack of your butt and getting close to your pussy. And the hot water is splashing all over the sink. Oh, wait, I got to wake up out of this fantasy. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) big time
0: fantasy. My goodness. (laughs) Phew,
1: I'm sweating now.
0: Uh, You talk a lot about the different ways that we can have like an honest discussion with each other, especially if we're dealing with conflict. Let's talk about some of those things that we can do to mature our discussions.
2: Yeah. So one of the ways we can mature our discussion is to get really curious about the other person. So if someone says something and you are like, whoa, I don't like that, or that doesn't work for me, or that's making you right and me wrong, or right, like we can have these really sharp reactions at first, and then we can shut down and not be open and curious, And we can also assume the worst about someone. You always do this, or you're doing that because you know it pisses me off, or we get into these dynamics in couples. And so my go-to is curiosity, right? And sometimes it takes a moment to breathe and to not get, you know, to not shout out something defensive or something angry or something frustrated, but we can take a breath. and, And I gave an example in the book where there was a time where, I was dating someone and he told me he wasn't going to be available in the mornings, you know, for me and my kid, because that's when he does his meditation and his writing. And I totally understood that. I totally valued that. And I also felt like I wanted to rip his head off because I was like, those are the hardest times. Like, you're going to abandon me. You're going to leave me in the hardest times, right? You're just going to say you're not going to be available. So I basically, I closed my eyes and I said, I'm going to take a moment to breathe. And I'm going to open my eyes when I feel like I can say something that's not going to, you know, destroy our love and our trust and our care for each other. And I just I sat there. I gave myself permission to not say anything until I digested some of that anger. So sometimes that happens in a few minutes. Sometimes we need to wait an hour. Sometimes we need to wait a day like, you know what? I feel really triggered by this and I'm going to walk away and let's have this conversation again tomorrow when we're, you know, when I'm not in my primordial brain. <laughs> so, time and space and curiosity are really good and then expressing vulnerability too, like we said around like, well why why does this really matter to me? And, you know, what's what's important about this to me rather than just I need this from you. Or I want to do this. It's like, oh, here's what this would do for me. Here's what I think this would do for us. Again, there's this deeper layer of conversation we can have.
0: And when you when you're so like me, I'm, I get triggered and I scream immediately. I have an instant reaction, which I was reading your book and thinking, oh, my God, I'm so immature in my discussions. I really need to look at the bright side here and do, like you said, take a deep breath. And David would appreciate it very much because he hates when I raise my voice. Really, he does. Yeah. He's yeah. A calm, and I'm very clear about it. Yeah. He's calm, quiet. Yeah. So if I start yelling, uh, he just gets up and walks away, which mm-hmm. is better than saying it's, the wrong thing. Right. Or something you're going to regret. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't engage. He lets me cool off. And sometimes I want to just cool off and not continue the conversation. He's there. No, we have to finish this. So I think maybe we should sometimes take a break, David. You you never know. Not that we have a million fights, believe me. But there's always something. There's always something.
2: Every couple has those places, those potholes that you step into. And sometimes it really can be helpful to take a break and then come back.
0: And I I believe that we are quite evolved in our relationship, I mean, compared to a lot of other people, especially sexually and what we do and and how we communicate, but there's still potholes that you have to repair before you can move on a smooth path. So I was reading your book and really understanding that.
1: Seeing yourself? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes.
0: In a lot of those examples that you gave, it was me who was taking that freaking out position. And I think I could learn a lot more, and that's why I suggested after I would read it that maybe Dave and I should read it together, because he could help me with that. He could remind yeah, you can me. You're, fre- you're freaking out right now. Take a deep breath. Like, don't yell at me, yes. but you know, and let-
2: loving me, right? Like, yeah. it seems like you're really upset, or there's something that you know clearly really matters to you here. Mm-hmm. And okay, now that we have an agreement, right? If if we make, if couples make agreements outside of those moments where the shit hits the fan. Then we can reference back to those. Hey, this is one of those moments that you wanted me to remind you.
0: Yeah, take a breath. (laughs) And I just go, fuck you, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going
2: to leave right now.
0: (laughs) No, I think we can learn a lot. And it
2: takes practice. Yeah. Right? That's, you know, a lot of the work that I do with people is actually some of the practice having some of those conversations. So, like with you, Carol, it's like we could have a, a session around what is so painful, why, you know, what is so hot. Because there's something deeper there, right? It's yeah. not yeah. It's not that initial surface thing. There's something deeper that when we start to understand it, we ha- we start to have more choice.
0: Yeah, exactly. And things like, well, it makes me feel like I'm not enough or it makes me feel like yeah. I'm not smart enough or I don't give enough or whatever. So you feel de- de- defeated somehow okay. and you just shut down. I think that's what happens to me sometimes.
2: Totally, totally. Yeah. I had an example in the book, too, where one of my partners told me that I wasn't Caring enough because I wasn't helping some of our friends. And I just, I saw red. I was like, you know, wait a minute, my whole identity is created around being a loving, caring, supporting person. And you're telling me that I'm not caring enough. And Right. So in that moment, I did not react very well. And I, I went through the whole story of how it could have gone if we were both vulnerable with each yeah, other.
0: Yeah. And then you wonder why they asked you that. So, like, then you get accusative. Like, why are you saying that? How could you possibly say that? Right. You're accusing them exactly. of, of seeing things wrongly or in the wrong way. or right. Versus
2: the curiosity of like, oh, OK, if I'm not making myself wrong in that moment, I could I could have more space to get curious, which, again, easier said than done. It mm-hmm. takes some work to not make ourselves wrong, but you know, then in that moment, it's like, oh, I'm wondering what you're seeing. Oh, for you, it seems like if I don't help anyone who asks, then I'm selfish. Okay, the way I'm seeing it is, I'm actually saying no for the first time in a long time, and this actually is something I need right now. And then mm-hmm. we, instead of fighting or having conflict about it, we're getting to know each other.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And one of the other things that I really resonated with me was that avoid saying no. And that when David suggests something and I don't really want to do it or I don't feel like it, the first thing out of my mouth is no. It's no. automatic and and that can be hurtful too, right? You have to yeah. first investigate a little bit why he wants to do that. Why is that yeah, important right? for him?
2: Yes. And that and that, okay, so if we just say no to our partners eventually again, that's something that keeps the spark from igniting because then they're feeling like, okay, I guess I'm not going to ask anymore or you know, I can't go in that direction. I can't go in this direction. And so I'm never saying, do something you don't want to do, but what I'm saying is, all right, have a deeper conversation. you know, start to get curious. okay, what what is it about this that that is really exciting for you? What are you really wanting here? Because then we could start to collaborate.
0: Yeah, and then
2: you could also be vulnerable. Like I would do this, but I feel like a total slut. Like I have this history, you know, of someone calling me a slut, and so this really triggers that. Okay. Then we could take some time and, you know, be together with that emotionally. And then maybe that would release for me. But, you know, if I just say no, then the other person tends to get hurt. And then we don't tend to do any of that healing that's possible with each Mm -hmm. other.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And there's so much, like you said, bring out the curiosity. And it should be a fun discussion when you're talking to your partner about things to do. That brings the adventure into your relationship. So as soon as but there's... But um, yeah.
2: for your listeners, it's often not fun because we get stuck in those places where we have shame and history and all of that. So I just don't want anyone to make themselves wrong when it starts not being fun.
0: Right. That's right. It, it's supposed to be fun. So if it's not being fun, then you have to look a little bit deeper is what I was yes. trying to yes. say. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you also talked about looking deep into ourselves, like that's something that we don't usually do. Like, you know, you have mm-hmm. a discussion and you're not, you're just ignoring or you're saying, oh my God, that's just stupid. And we're not looking into ourselves of why we think that that's mm-hmm. stupid or it's not right or whatever. And I liked yeah. the, the exercises that you had where, where we can actually do some self or inter right. discussions mm-hmm. or I don't even know what you call that when you look into your soul. And yeah,
2: stuff. like an inquiry of, okay, yeah, what are these beliefs? And are they actually mine? I mean, that was one of the things that I wrote in there, too. I started having, once I got married, which I'm not married anymore, but when I was, I started having all these ideas of what a who a good wife is and, you know, what a good wife would do. And then I was like, whose thoughts are these? These aren't even mine. They're in my head, you know. And so oftentimes we have thoughts and then we believe them as though they are a kind of gospel or this is how I should be. And we don't question the fact that thoughts actually end up in our heads from our culture, from our family, from our peers. And from TV just,
0: advertisements. I mean, yes, the, from yeah. media,
2: right? Yeah. And so then if we just go along with it as opposed to checking in to see w- what's actually true for me. You know, otherwise we end up living some very unfulfilling and exhausting life trying to live up to someone else's expectations.
0: Yeah. And even if it's your partner who has their culture, which is different to yours, it's so often these days. Yeah. um, You're not seeing eye to eye on what should be that role. And so those those cause, I'm sure, a lot of conflict, those types of relationships that just need a lot of discussions.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm loving this show. Good thing you read that book. I'm just sitting here. Carol's having a therapy session. With Shana. Keep going. You're liking this, David. Move you on. Know Talk about vulnerability. i might even be
2: tempted to read it by the time we're done. Oh, yeah. I'm going to
1: definitely read it so I can understand where Carol's coming from. Now. I
0: know. When I read it, I just saw myself everywhere. I mean, mm. I thought it was a fun way that you uh, laid it out there where um, there could be a lot of aha moments when you read your book. I think people yeah. will, you know really relate to some of the things you're talking about again it's learning right in
1: in relationships you always should be learning and exploring and talking and communicating Um, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't get stale and boring right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and one of the things you did mention was talking about when things aren't going well instead of pointing a finger you say well that makes me feel sad or it makes me feel um I don't even know what else. I'm lonely, or that you're not getting. Yeah, no, I
2: feel sad. I feel scared. I feel right. Yep, that's yeah. that owning. Oh, instead of you're being an asshole right. because you're talking over me. You know that tends to put our partners on the defensive. Whereas if I say, oh, I'm feeling I'm starting to shut down, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not feeling as close to you right now. It's it's way more vulnerable to say, but it it actually heals the dynamic. If the other partner can also be vulnerable. Right. That's one of the problems that sometimes, you know, people need coaches and therapists because someone gets vulnerable and the other person doesn't. Doesn't.
1: Yeah. Puts up a wall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And wants to be brave or macho or whatever those expected reactions are. Uh, They put that up out there instead of really looking into yourself and saying, why am I so triggered by this? Why am I, how am I feeling? What does it do to me? And I think also when you are trying to keep the relationship strong, like we spend our energy keeping our relationship strong all the time, then... You always want to have great sex. That's the whole idea about having the relationship to enjoy great sex. And if you say, yeah. well, that makes me feel like crap. And I don't feel like having sex when I feel like crap, you yeah. know, so like, why are you saying those things? Let's figure out. Yeah. Let's figure that out. So let's
2: I- figure this out, yeah. right? Let's actually understand what's going on, because there's probably some way that you're feeling hurt or missed or you know, disappointed or whatever that would have you then come back at me and say these passive aggressive or angry things.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we all kind of get those feelings at times, you know, when sometimes mm-hmm. you, and sometimes you think you talk to your partner where you're kind of joking or you say something like a side-handed, I don't know what what do you call that when you make a remark, a sarcasm, s- a little sly remark yep. and just but throw it out there. Yeah. And they have yeah. to say, wait a second, what, what was that? What? Why did he just say what? <laughs> and so you stop and think. And when you let it fester, which is what David will tell you his issue is, he
1: doesn't talk uh-huh. about things.
2: He's right. You're the one who gets more quiet and kind of walks uh-huh. away.
0: And she's more uh-huh. explosive. Exactly.
1: I'm, I'm the turtle. I get into my shell and I just crawl yeah. away.
0: Right. And he yeah. shouldn't because we talked about that this weekend after reading your book and preparing for this discussion. We said, well, you know, how, how can we talk more about our relationship so that he doesn't keep it in and it only right. his issues or thoughts or whatever, right?
2: And again, Absolutely. you two are amazing and are communicating in a way that many couples are not. So there, I just want to say for anyone listening, there's nothing wrong with anyone, right? Who, and there's nothing wrong with not having these conversations. It's just, Wow, if we actually want to have more intimacy, okay, so maybe someone's not having the sex they want, and they could say, well, right, I actually want to be having sex, and I want to be having intimacy. That's great, right? You can use these tools. You can also use them if you're like you two, you have a great relationship, and you want to see like, what else is possible here? How much more intimacy could we have? How much more passion could we have? Mm -hmm. You know, how much more trust and letting go and surrender and opening could Mm -hmm. we have? Mm -hmm. It makes all of that possible.
0: Yeah, and we've been together 17 years already, so it's not like we have a fresh new relationship that we can, you know, rely on the, the hormones running around our body. We actually right. have to do something to yes. feel that passion and that intimacy and when you forget yeah. to do those things, that's when it starts getting fizzling away a little bit.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And I find and again, you know, this is it's not necessarily easy, but I do find that when this channel of communication stays open, Or if it closes, when you open it back up, there's a freshness and there's a, there's a, there's a buzz, there's an excitement, there's a kind of, you know, electricity in the air.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even sometimes when you don't want to hear something and you hear it and you digest it a little bit, you thought, oh, well, he's probably right about that. And then you want to say, okay, well, he really was right. Let's give him a little bit of credit. Let's bring that back up again. And
2: And some of those initial moments are painful. Mm -hmm. And... Eventually, it gets easier and easier to have those conversations.
1: You know, you know, I, I got to tell you what was super sexy between us this week. We had this whole discussion on Saturday morning about some of my wants and needs. And Carol blew up and put up this wall and blah, 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 blah. And then a couple of hours later, she came back and she reflected on what she said. And huh? we spoke about it. And then yesterday, she actually acted on it, and she said, you know, tonight, nice. tonight, I'd like you to give me a massage, okay, because I always say, well, wh- what do you want, isn't there something you, you want more than, you know, just a snuggling or cuddling, and she said, you know, I want a massage, and when you're massaging me, I want you to, you know, be naked on my back, and I want to feel your cock between my ass, and in, in my world, that was a successful conversation that we had that might have yeah. taken a day or two for Carol to think about something, and yep. And you know that in itself made our couple stronger. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't always go smoothly initially. Right. Right. You might explode. Someone might walk away. But then, when you're willing to be on the same team and think, "Okay, how can we make this? How can we use this to bring us closer? And how can I understand myself more and understand my partner more?" then it works you get to go deeper together
1: and some people listen differently than other people right because communication is being a great listener and some people it takes time for the words to get into their ears and then register in their brain
0: yes is that what happens that takes time
1: with you all the time <laughs> absolutely but i know you yeah right? I
0: know you. but shana what would you say to david about not holding in for so long like when he did have this thing he wanted to tell me it was a little bit Mm -hmm. awkward and that was one of the things the way he said it was more what upset me not the words he said but how he said it because he'd
2: held it in for so long
0: yeah so what would you say to him to not hold it in not be that turtle and to actually when he feels the thought to actually speak it share it i can't read his mind really you're a woman
2: I would say, you know, David, one of the things on your side could be to start to let her know, oh, I'm having this thought. It feels a little, you know, I don't know if I'm ready yet to share, but can we, can we like set a time a couple days from now, uh, where I will let you know, like a desire that I'm having or, you know, something starting to actually have a conversation where you're letting maybe little parts of it out or, you know, on Carol's side, it might be like, for the two of you to have an agreement, would you do your best when I share this with you because it feels really vulnerable to pause and take a breath before you have some big reaction to it, right? So again, there's like this joint, okay, if we're on the same team here, how do we both work toward making it safer to share?
1: Yeah, that's great. And one, of the, one of the things we did agree upon is that every Saturday morning we're going to sit down and just talk about our feelings and talk about our couple. and yes. Like a check-in session. Yeah.
2: That's I love check-in sessions. They're Mm -hmm. so good, especially for people who are people-pleasers and Mm -hmm. don't say those things Mm -hmm. and then notice that it gets more stale or dull. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well done. We're going to try those anyways in the future. So let's just hang on for a second. We need to remind everybody that this is the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. We are Carol and David, and we're chatting with relationship coach Shana James, talking about her new book, Honest Sex. Now let's just tell everybody about the amazing trips we have planned for next year with Topless Travel.
1: Of course, if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply must book with topless travel from Hito 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, Temptation Grand Mishas in the Dominican Republic, to all the bliss cruise experiences, topless travel needs to be your number one choice.
0: Their trips and adventures are all about the people and their sexy fun experiences. So let's just shout out to all the exclusive sexy host couples, including Party Mark, who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation.
1: Absolutely. And as you've heard on all our shows, you'll find us on many of these amazing topless travel trips. But listen up. We'll be back at Hito 2 on Negro Beach in Jamaica for another sexy silver event from February 25th to March 4th. And... New for 2023, Topless Travel will be taking over Temptation Grand Mishas in the Dominican Republic from October 15th to 22nd, 2023. This is a brand new lifestyle friendly erotic playground and it allows couples to explore their fantasies, push their boundaries and make lots of sexy new fun friends.
0: And as always, rooms are selling out fast, so if you don't want to miss two of the biggest and sexiest lifestyle resort and beach parties ever, then go and book your room today. For more information about these trips or any of the topless travel events, go to thesexylifestyle.com and click the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation
1: ever. Just do it. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. Now for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because...
0: Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So let's get back to our show talking about honest sex with relationship coach Shana James. So Shana, we... Um, One of the things that you mentioned in the book, and I want you to explain that, how certainty and stability in a long-term relationship kills passion. What do you mean by that?
2: What do I mean? Certainty and stability. Well, you know, Esther Perel is uh, famous for her book, Meeting in Captivity. And she talks a lot about how we trade certain, you know, uncertainty in the beginning when we're dating, we don't know if someone's going to like us. We're trying, we're courting each other for certainty and certainty creates safety and allows us to open in a lot of these ways, but it also can dull that spark. So when we allow that to happen and we don't recognize that, Hey, we actually don't know each other. If we were really getting in there with each other and having some of these deeper conversations, what we would realize is that, We're always growing. We're always changing. We're always wanting new things. There are many things that we're not saying to each other about what we really want and love and, you know, are afraid of and all of those things. So my tendency, you know, in my work with authentic relating has been, all right, let's realize or recognize that we actually don't know each other like we think we do. And let's get curious about each other and keep asking questions and keep finding some of those new places and taking risks, right? Like if I say this, it could break everything. That's one of my worst fears is I'm going to say something and then and the whole relationship's going to break. But if I'm holding on to that thing and I don't say it and it's really eating me up inside, the relationship is kind of breaking through dying, right? It's like it's just getting duller and duller. So that's what I mean by, you know, starting to get curious about each other and taking some risks to have these uncertainties present as opposed to let's just rest into the certainty. Yeah. You know,
1: that's a great point that you made. Um, you know, last year we had um, Dr. Justin Lehmiller from the Kinsey Institute on our show who did a huge survey on fantasies and he came up with, you know, the biggest fantasies people have are threesomes and group sex. Mm-hmm. And, and he brought up the, the point of a couple that he was working with. And after 25 years of marriage, one of them brought up, you know, hey, I'd like to have a threesome. And it took him a lot of courage and a lot of energy to bring it up to his 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 wife. And his wife yeah. says, oh, you too? I've been thinking about that for years as well. And, yeah. you know, they went through all this time because they were afraid to talk to each other about something that was beyond the social norms. And here both yeah. of them wanted to do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: yeah, right. We don't know. We don't know our partners and we don't. We we oftentimes I think once we get into a long term relationship can tend toward playing it safe because yeah. we don't want to offend someone. We don't want to hurt them and we don't want to lose them. Right. Yeah. Which is beautiful.
1: And I'm, and I'm not talking about, you know, the need to bring another person into the equation. Obviously, we're swingers and we do. But, you know, a silk blindfold. Um you know, doing it in somewhere else in the house, um, doing it in the car, just spicing it up a little bit, right?
2: Spicing yeah. it up, and sometimes for some people it's spicier, and for some people it's more intimate or slower, or right? Mm-hmm. The, the whole range is welcome.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now, in our realm of adult you know, sex education, we often see courses on how to ask for what you want. It's a mm-hmm. really big issue for many couples. So let's get into how you handle it or how you cover it in your book. Why yeah. is it hard for people to ask for what they want?
2: Well, yes, it's hard. It's, it's been one of the hardest things for me, and I think because I'm worried about um, I'm worried about someone feeling bad. Like if I want something, I don't want someone to feel bad, like they're not good enough or they haven't been a good partner. So some people tend towards the oh, if I ask for what I want. I'm going to make someone else feel bad. Other people tend toward, if I ask for what I want, I'm going to look a certain way. I'm going to look slutty or I'm going to look prudish or I'm going to look weak or I'm going to, right, if I want to be submissive, oh no, if I say that then I'm going to look like I'm not very manly if I'm a man, right? So there can be all these ideas that we have about our desires and that can keep us from asking for what we want, Uh, Another huge one is the fear of rejection, right? If I want something and, and the other person doesn't want it, it often doesn't just feel like they're rejecting an idea. It feels like they're rejecting me, right? I become bad. I become wrong. I become too much. I become not enough. Like you were saying, Carol. So, okay. Safer to just not ask for it at all and just say, well, I'm getting most of what I want. So I'll just you know, leave that one behind.
1: Yeah, but that's where boring and stale starts getting caught up in a relationship, right?
0: And that example that you gave about the 25-year-old marriage that finally he asked his wife for the threesome, it took a lot of courage, but look how many years probably he was just holding on to that, afraid or Afraid of feeling rejected, afraid of not sharing that interest that he has.
1: What about this one? The guy for his whole marriage just wants to do anal with his wife. And she turns around and says, hell yeah, I'll put on a strap on and do you.
2: (laughs) Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many things.
1: Just saying.
2: Yeah, there's so many things that it can feel vulnerable to share. But that's why also I often say to couples, like, All right. Sometimes before having those conversations about what you want in bed, it's important to have a conversation about how do we talk about our desires and how do what what do we say to each other when we have different desires or when one of us wants something and the other one's afraid of it. Right. Like, what are we committed to? Are we committed to having curious conversations Or are we committed to having judgment and blame and shame and attack, right? You know, those don't tend to go as well, but that's a lot of what we are raised because we're not taught how to have these more conscious or mature conversations. Those were a lot of the examples we got.
0: Well, we're also not taught to talk about sex at all. We don't have any reference on how to speak about sex. We have no role models to know no. if we're doing it right or wrong except for sex therapists basically to tell you well that's <laughs> fucked up and that's the only ones who would there, ever tell
2: and you. I don't even believe there is a right or wrong that's the thing too is when you shift my my definition of sex in the book you know that that a more evolved definition of sex is it's not first of all it's not it doesn't have to be genitally based it doesn't have to be penetration it doesn't have to be even physical it can be energetic it can be emotional it can be You know when we're orienting toward pleasure and experiencing as much of each other as possible in the emotional and sensual and physical and you know like all of us as much as possible to me that's what sex can be and when we're not orienting toward i'm trying to get somewhere i'm trying to get to orgasm i'm trying to get to climax right that's a lot of pressure and who needs that pressure so Mm -hmm you know, we can play in all of these realms. And what I found through my study of orgasmic meditation and Tantra and all these things is like, we can have orgasms by looking into each other's eyes. You know, we could breathe together, we could like have a tiny wisp of wind. And there are so many ways that our body can open to be orgasmic, we can have heart orgasms, we can have, you know, all kinds of orgasms that most people are not aware of. And then therefore the sex life becomes much more limited and dull, like Mm -hmm, you said. mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. And you mentioned also that a lot of people will ask for what they think they can get instead of what they actually want. Speak a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So if I think it's safe to ask for a massage when really I want a um, a naked massage or what would you, what do you call like a massage with a happy ending or something, right? It's like I, I won't get rejected, so I'll get a little bit of what I want, but then that desire or longing goes unmet. So in one of the, the chapters of the book, I talk about one of my colleagues, Marsha Paczynski, who has a practice where people ask for more. They get outrageous with their desires because she basically says, if we ask for 100% of what we want knowing or somewhere closer to 100%, right? We don't always know all of our desires, but uh, knowing that we'll get, let's say, I don't know, 30 to 40% or something, we're getting more than if we ask for 30 to 40% and then we get 5% to 10%, right? So there's there's the willingness to take that risk. And again, we can set it up with our partners. Hey, what if we started asking for more of what we want, knowing that we're not always going to say yes and we're not obligated to say yes, but... We'll start actually knowing what each other likes more and we'll start having more more of these experiences, more of this play.
1: What if in a relationship one, one person is asking continuously for stuff and the other one never asks?
2: Then what I would suggest for that couple is to have a conversation about that dynamic, right? Like, oh, okay, here's what I'm noticing about the we or the us. You tend to ask a lot. I tend not to, do I tend not to because I don't have any desires or am I not asking because I'm scared, right? We can ask each other really curious questions to see, oh, are you, you know, are you asking because you're not satisfied or are you asking because you just want more play, right? Like how do we ask from a place of loving curiosity and compassion Mm -hmm. versus, oh, there's something wrong with the way you're doing it or something wrong with the way I'm doing it.
0: And most couples do have um, different dynamics and different levels of desires and that's normal, right? So how do you have like a, a compassionate discussion for someone who constantly wants to do something and the other person just doesn't want to do that?
2: Yeah. Well, again, I think as we get deeper, instead of just peppering someone, I want to do this, I want to like, you know, I want to have sex doggy style or I want to. I want to dominate you, like instead of just continuing to say the same thing, if we start to have a, the conversation of, oh, why do you want to dominate me? How do you want to feel, you know, in the BDSM community? And when you set up a scene, there are very deep inquiries around, okay, you know, what what do you want this experience to be? If it could be any way, how would you end up feeling, right? And I gave the example in the book that some people want to be tied up because they want to feel constrained. Some people want to be tied up because they know that they can't do anything wrong because there's nothing that they can do. Some people want to be tied up because, you know, it's just hot and they know that they can be taken advantage of. But if someone just keeps saying, I want to be tied up, I want to be tied up, and their partner's like, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, you haven't gotten to the core desire. And that core desire can happen in hundreds of different ways, too. So it gives couples more of an opportunity to play when you know why somebody wants an experience and it also saves you from having an experience where you're like you said you want to be tied up and you're like yeah but you were so rough with me well i thought tying up was being rough well mm-hmm. i really wanted you to be really tender with me mm-hmm. right so all of those conversations
0: yeah absolutely. make
2: for a much better experience
0: mm-hmm. and certainly if you do that sort of recap after like the 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 care the in, in the, yeah, like in the BDSM, you have that aftercare. So yeah. just in regular sex, we often do a recap of what we liked, what we didn't like, and oh my god, yes. that was so hot. We often will yeah. talk about even just regular sex that we have that uh, at night. We'll say, oh yeah. my gosh, that I, that was really interesting what you did, and I loved how you came down on me. I, whatever it might be, so yeah. that discussing and, right, well, in the
2: book I talked about that, like the debrief of yes, let's acknowledge what we really liked. And let's also talk about if there's something that we want more or different, because otherwise we're hoping and praying that our sex life is going to get better and not talking about it. Right. So i love that you guys are talking about it.
0: Yeah, especially when, since we cannot read each other's minds. Everybody just has yeah. to, out there, remember, we cannot read minds. <laughs> and yeah. you you talk about having, you know, having these discussions where you're loud and proud with your desires, because that's what we should be shooting for, right? We want to share yeah. our desires so we can have a better quality of relationship with our partners.
2: Yeah. And sometimes loud and proud can be tender and vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes loud and proud can be like, Whoa, it's really hard to say this. And I can almost like I'm having a hard time speaking. And, you know, but again, like you said, the goal is that we get to feel like, yes, I love that I want this. And mm-hmm. I feel good about myself for wanting this. And that's definitely been a, a struggle for me.
0: And so many people have tainted ideas because they want outside validation for their thoughts and and ideas and their desires before they'll even say it out loud. Talk a little bit about validation.
2: Yes. Well, again, I think a lot of the work that I do with people as a coach is to help people validate themselves, right? To really see what's getting in the way of you feeling good about yourself. What's feeling in the way of you feeling good about this desire, because when you feel good about it, then you can bring it to someone else without the shame or without the defensiveness and without the hesitation or the awkwardness. It's just like, oh, hey, I've been thinking about this, right, this is something I want. So it can take some support to get to a place of feeling like you can create your own validation for yourself and it's also really beautiful when a couple is on the same team and somebody has a desire, even if the other person doesn't like it or doesn't want it, you could say, I love that you know your desires or I love that you are clear about your desire. <clears throat> this one is feeling hard for me. You know, like I'm, st- I'm noticing I can't really breathe. I'm noticing like I feel really nervous about it, but I'm still really happy that you know what you want and now let's talk about this more because I can't breathe yet right yeah
0: yeah exactly and that's you know I mean that's obviously the mature way of saying it but we have to focus on um, our inner thoughts at the same time it's a lot of things going swirling around in our heads trying to figure out how to respond to someone talking about something
2: yeah it's pretty masterful to be able to witness your thoughts, witness all of the things, your body clenching and burning and all the things that are happening and then to come out with something calm and connected. And I think that's a lot of the work that I do with people is to to help them through that process because th- those moments where the rubber meets the road are the hardest moments to actually stay calm and connected.
0: But then you still have to talk about them. So it's not like, OK, we can't talk about this because we don't know how, how to You have to continue the conversation another time, bring it up again when you feel more comfortable or something.
1: Remember the words, hun, calm and connected.
0: (laughs) You're going to have to remind me or or give me fair warning when you're going to drop
1: something on me. I'm going to put that.
2: Maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's not fair for me to say calm because, you know, people can get excited and people can be intense and people can be right. But when it's an attack or when it's a defense, uh, that's when it it feels painful to your partner.
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm all right and you talked a lot about sex the definition of sex the different types of sex and one thing you talked about was beyond sex tell us a little bit about what that means to you
2: well i think there was a quote in the book where actually it was a woman who um jenny wade i think wrote a book oh no it was margot anand who wrote a book about she said it was beyond sex and i was like well that definition to me sounds like what i what i experience as sex right so that was just, again, we, we, we covered it really my more, uh, I don't want to call it evolved, my more, um, modern definition, I would say, or a more expansive de- definition of sex, which is, you know, we're bringing all of us to the table. It's pleasure oriented. It's not goal oriented. We're intimate. We're connected. We're, we're, we're connecting. I call it four dimensional, right? We're connecting with our energetic bodies, with our sensual body, with our physical body, we're actually getting to the place where I can feel what you're feeling in your body and my body. And so then, you know, the energy goes back and forth, and we get to feel this expansive sense of pleasure because we're merging, we're connecting, and we're not trying to get somewhere. We're fully here in this moment.
0: Mm-hmm. And it can be cuddling. It can be anything. It does not, like you say, have to be penetrative. And you mentioned that there's some studies that cuddling sessions actually reduce bickering. Yeah. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, right? For people to actually be um, touching each other, connected, slowing down, more sensual, right? That can really soothe our nervous systems. I think a lot of times we all have different ways and different love languages. But, you know, for people who really enjoy touch and I think it's Terry real and many um, psychologists are really talking about how we co-regulate each other right we don't just regulate on our own we co-regulate and so whether it's cuddling or whether it's laying together or breathing together all of these ways to actually co-regulate each other's nervous system
0: can be really helpful and what about orgasm orgasming together yeah orgasming together can be amazing hmm. yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure. So your book is called Honest Sex, but you also talk (laughs) about honest orgasms or orgasm honesty. What is that all about?
2: Well, I think, again, that one is all right. Orgasm. the, The typical orgasm is between 10 and 50 seconds for people of both genders um whereas you can actually have you know more rolling types of orgasms or really high peak orgasms that don't just rise and drop and don't just you know fuck up your brain chemistry and so i didn't know that there was such a thing as expanded orgasm where you could stay in more of an orgasmic state for minutes or hours at a time until i was in my 20s and i felt so grateful and this in the book i talk about how I ran into a woman in the bathroom and she you know, shared about this course she was taking. And most people aren't so lucky to have a bathroom conversation where you're like, wow, now I'm going to orgasm differently for the rest of my life. So really letting people know that there are different ways and more expansive kinds of orgasm. Even, even sometimes my clients start to have better sex just because they recognize, they expand their perspective, right? They see that something else is possible. And so then they can imagine and then they start to to open themselves to different experiences, but you can also train your body to stay in this heightened sense of arousal or for men to, um, you know, to not come when they're orgasming. And so they can be multi orgasmic in a way that women can be as well. Mm
1: -hmm. And one of the things we've learned over the years is how you're supposed to breathe through an orgasm. And you talk about how you're supposed to relax before you have your orgasm.
2: Yeah. Or I mean, I, I don't want to make it a supposed to, because then it puts more pressure, right, right. but if you can keep your body relaxed as opposed to clenching and tensing and trying to get somewhere, then the orgasm tends to last longer and can be much more, uh, I don't want to say graceful, that's not the right word, but right, it can be. it can be more pleasurable, actually. The pleasure increases, I think, with your level of relaxation often.
0: And there's neural pathways that are like memory, like like muscle memory, to when you do have an orgasm. And so by learning these new things, which the expanded orgasm, then you're learning, and you can you can do those over and over again, basically. Mm -hmm. That's great. And and at one point you mentioned that you like you don't have to be happy to have sex. Yes.
2: Yeah. I, I have a whole chapter on the myth of happy sex. And the example that I gave was that I was in bed with my partner and we were making out and he stopped and looked at me and was like, you're not really that into this, are you? And, and I stopped for a moment and part of me wanted to just be like, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, let's just keep going. Cause we only see each other once a week. And if we don't have sex now, we're not going to, you know, but instead I took a moment and I looked at him and I, I just like, okay, I'm not totally here. I'm not, totally present. Let me really check and see what's going on. And I realized that I had been to a funeral earlier in the day and I was feeling a whole bunch of grief that I had just stuffed down. And when we started making out, right, my heart started opening, my body started opening, and then I couldn't, I, I, it was just like, it was there. I couldn't even deny it. So he, you know, listened to me while I cried and I got vulnerable and he kissed my tears and then we made love and it was so beautiful. And I was still sad, right? It wasn't like he wasn't trying to get me back to happy or, Hey, it's fine. You know, you're, you're going to be okay. It was more like he was really there with me in the grief and in the sadness. And then it was this beautiful kind of intimacy. So. You know some of my favorite experiences sexually have been when I'm feeling intensity or I'm feeling anger or I'm feeling grief or sadness or longing or whatever it is and that couples can really play with that together when you when you make more space for each other. Mm-hmm.
0: so how how do you feel about makeup sex when you've had a big argument and you're yelling at each other and maybe even the fuck you's come out, but then, A lot of people like to have makeup sex right after.
2: I know. That's the other reason why I said, you know, happy sex. It's not always happy sex because often makeup sex is some of the hottest sex there is. And I think that's because that truth comes out, right? Like, you know, people are getting more honest with each other. It's, you know, sometimes it's kind of messy, but then you usually get to a point where, oh, you can start to feel your hearts open again. Nobody's as defending against each other. And then you start feeling open to each other and you're looking at her. Why are you looking at her like that?
1: Are you open to this idea, honey? No, I don't like you. 17 years. We've never had makeup sex.
0: No, I need well, to so really calm down. Actually, down okay.
2: Okay. So you also have to honor that everybody's different and some people might like it. Some people might not. But you guys might have a curious conversation about what is it about makeup sex that you actually don't like? Right. Is it because is it, there's all these subtleties? Is it? Oh, well, I would like makeup sex if we really got to a point where i felt you loving me again right or i would like make up sex if it wasn't that you were doing this thing so that might be an awesome conversation for you guys to have. Let, that would
1: Let's have that conversation.
0: Okay, we will have that conversation because okay. he always asks yeah. for and I say, no way, stay away from me. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I need yeah. two weeks.
2: Sounds like you're not ready yet.
0: Yes, right. yes. Right. It's usually because I'm not ready. As usually, yeah. as you know, I lash out and um, I, this child side of me, my child self is, we didn't talk about it, but the child self versus the adult self. My yeah. child self comes out and sabotages everything you know it's just out there so yeah, yeah um we can be
1: talk we can keep talking for two more hours but we are <laughs> at the end of the show and right. it's time for some final advice
0: so Shayna, what would you say would be the top two things that couples should do to start having an honest mature sex life
2: okay i always like to stay away from shoulds because i think again that creates more pressure but i would recommend the first thing I would recommend is to start talking to each other, right? And, and start talking outside the bedroom. Uh, In the book, I talk about how you could talk about sex before, during and after. And there are different, you know, different things work best in each of those phases. And so, but I would say even before you talk about sex, like really talk about, are we, are we feeling loved and understood by each other? You know, what, or if, if we're not like, What's something and I always like to put it in the desire versus the complaint right what's what's a way that you would feel more loved by me? What's a way that you would feel more supported by me? What's a way that you would feel more connected to me? That would be a great first couple questions to ask each other uh, And then I would say, you know if you want to have a better sex life, talk about your sex life and the debrief is a really beautiful way to do it and again I frame it as, okay, what did we love about that? What was something that you guys said that, right? What was something amazing that happened? And then what's something that you want, you might want more of, which again, right, you could rephrase that as a complaint. I hated the way you went so fast when you touched my body, but if I'm wanting more of it, it's going to go over better. So I say, oh, I would like a little more slowness when you enter me or something like that, you know, and then you can also add another question of, okay, what's something vulnerable that you, you wouldn't have said to me in the moment, but you would say it now because then it would help our sex life be better and help us feel closer to each other. So I guess, right. Both of those are around more communication mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. for sure. And you know, you talk, uh, talk about communication. the book covers all different angles of how to be honest with yourself, with your partner yeah. and all yeah. of that is really brings out the vulnerability and adds intimacy to your relationship. I, I really enjoy it. And I think I'm going to have to read it with David Absolutely. again. Absolutely, He We're will never read it. it on his own on our next trip. <laughs>
1: we'll read it. We'll, Take we'll the time because, the it's, you know, learning only makes couples stronger. Every week, every show, we learn more. Um, Shayna, I mean, we can keep going on and on, and we'll invite you to come back uh, next year. Um, thank you so much for being here. We've had Shayna James with us talking about her book. Shayna, why don't you tell everyone uh, where they can reach out to you, find you, and, of course, buy this amazing couple-strengthening book.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, it can be for anyone too, right? If you're single and dating or if you are kind of single and not yet dating and trying to figure out what went, what went wrong, why did my, why did the spark fade or if you're in a couple so anyone can really benefit from it. And if you go to my website, Shana James, and Shayna is S H A N A. If you go to Shana James, slash honest dash sex, that's where you'll find everywhere that's selling the book. And, um, yeah, you can reach out to me there on my website as well, or you can always email me at shayna at shaynajamescoaching.com if you have any questions i'm happy to answer them
0: beautiful and of course if you missed any of this information you just go to our website thesexylifestyle.com where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information and you can even contact them there if you have questions about
1: their work absolutely and like we did this week we learn every week from all our great guests we hope you do too if you have any questions at all you can always send us an email at ask at Alrighty. Wow. The end of another great show with another amazing guest, Shayna James. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I always love talking with you guys.
1: And um, we want to thank all our listeners for being here week in and week out.
0: And You can join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy and always horny.
1: Absolutely. alrighty. That's it for our show today. Carol and I and Shayna send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe and of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time.